first of all, these people are at an amusement park. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to make this more complicated than it needs to be. But when you have an amusement park that's fucking dangerous, how the fuck do you lose tall, rich, white guys on horses? Listen. Oh, my God. If you have a fucking beautiful park, don't lose the rich white ones. If you lose the rich white ones, you're in big fucking trouble. They're all rich white ones. I'm just saying, you got to watch out for the whiteies. Welcome back to Without Limits, a Westworld podcast by LSG Media. I'm Dean, I'm joined by Jessica, and we are closing up shop on season one of Westworld with the episode The Bicameral Mind. I pronounced it right that time. Joining me is Jessica. Jessica, how are you doing this fine evening? I'm doing a lot better than the Delos board. The Delos board. So there's that. Having a bad hope they're up on their health insurance. I hope it's not like a new employee who has to wait 90 days. Oh, yeah, they're fucked. Uh, Hey, uh, we regret to inform you that your daughter was slain by, well, a robot with a pistol. And you're getting zero dollars. Carry on, mate. Carry on. That's a bad day. It's a bad day for the Delos board. It's a bad day for... They're all dead, uh, so sure, it's pretty bad. Really bad. Super bad. Uh, so here we are. We're going to talk about the finale. We're going to talk about the Bacameral Mind. We are going to open with initial impressions. We're going to spoil it. Duh. And uh, we're going to explicate our way through the shit. We're going to get to some listener feedback, close out with our final thoughts, some overall stuff. There might be a lot of free form throughout this thing as it is a season finale. And uh, like I said in the last Walking Dead podcast, we don't script any of this. We just kind of go. Sometimes we're thinking about shit on the fly. We're talking about shit on the fly. And uh, that's all we really know is that we're here to bring this bad boy to a close. Ten episodes, lots of ideas, lots of things to talk about. Uh, I think what I will do is I will uh, turn this over to Jessica so she can give me her initial impressions. Tell me a little bit about how you feel Westworld went down. Jessica. Good Lord. There's so much to say and to discuss and to kind of go through in an episode like this. Go for it. Where we have what we asked for, essentially what I asked for. I wanted all of this shit to be wrapped up. Mm-hmm. I did not want to have cliffhangers to the next season when it's stuff that we've all clearly figured out on our own. Correct. Right. Um, and they did that. They wrapped it all up. I appreciated that. I did. I still felt fine about the reveals. I'm glad William is the ma- and the man in black are the same person. I'm glad it was revealed. Although the storytelling of it was a little self-indulgent. This episode or this yeah, series? Yeah, just the way the man in black's like, let me tell you a story about William. Like the man in black's going to be like, yeah, like, I don't know. It just seemed like, I don't know. Like you, you Self, it, a little too cute. A little too cute. The way the, the story dialogue. was told. We didn't you. need that. I understand that. Okay. He could have told it with a lot less. We could have seen it with a lot less and still gotten that same point across, which is that William was supposedly this great, wonderful, caring man. And it was actually Dolores who turned him into this evil thing. But in truth, he was always evil because, you know, I'm just turn evil because someone steals Dolores from you. Right. Um, so anyways, I was I was glad for that reveal. Um, Dolores being Wyatt, which people speculated on. Sure. Um, Glad that we got some closure on that. Uh, I liked, I didn't, 
some of the stuff was a little unrealistic with the mass killing of the guards and stuff. But uh, I, I loved Armistice in this episode. I sure. thought she was freaking phenomenal. She was such a joy to watch on the she screen. Was a fucking Terminator. Every time she was She's on Terminator. it. Um, and I liked kind of the loop that Maeve's story went through. I was interested in that. Um, people who are upset that we ended the season with the start of this robot massacre, relax. We're going to have season two. Right. Um, although I'm of a mind where I have to say that when this ended, I felt that this was a very self-contained 10 episodes and I felt that for the most part, they could have ended the show after one it. season. I agree. Could have and called I think it, a day. it probably would have been great. And I don't know how great season two is going to be. Yep. Um, it might be incredible. It might be one of the best things in the whole wide world. And we'll be like, thank God Westworld will be on our screen for you know the next seven years. But this certainly has the feel of if season two does not come back and is not wonderful, that's what we're going to say. It's going to have like the Stranger Things kind of feeling to it. Where sure. Stranger Things yeah. season one was very self-contained and could have just been one season. And if season two doesn't knock it out of the park, that's all we're going to say is that they should have just killed it at one. And I think Westworld could suffer from that mm-hmm. because I feel like this was very self-contained and it, it, Dolores shooting forward could have been a great ending for the show. Right. Period. Yeah. Good stuff. So. What was, I mean, you, you mentioned, so, so you're talking about kind of Ed Harris's voiceover. You found that a bit self-indulgent. You're oh, talking about this week. This week, yeah. Yeah. I was fine with all the, and, you know, I just thought it could have been done simpler and a little less talky. A lot of talky. Definitely a lot of talky. There's a lot of, this there was a lot of exposition. Yeah, I think so, for sure. Um, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of exposition, and I, I think that's something uh, Carlos Freitas point, pointed out when he posted on our page, on the Facebook group page, uh, facebook.com slash group slash LSGWW for Westworld. That's LSGWW. But anyway, he says, um, uh, right off the bat, I don't know that I've ever seen a season finale with more straight exposition being said at us rather than shown to us. I think the show held on its twists so long it stunted the actual storytelling. It also feels like these episodes are being written in a vacuum separate from each other. The decisions in episode A seem to be completely voided by the decisions in episode D. Um, He talks about some production issues and stuff, but before I even go on with that, this first uh, paragraph, he says, uh, a lot of exposition. I think the show held on to its twists so long it stunted the storytelling. I think that's actually a pretty good point um, because one of the issues I think Westworld faced is it became a comedy of mysteries, right? There was so much stuff that people didn't know that most of the time people spent reflecting on Westworld, or at least I can speak for myself, in the beginning was wondering what was going to happen next, how people were connected, what this was going to be. There's a lot of mystery versus spending a lot of time thinking about the heady concepts that were put forth. Uh, Part of the problem with that is because those deep concepts, the philosophical stuff, the existentialism, uh, all of that was put forth in you, and it, it's supposed to make you think, I feel like, but I I don't think the story is ultimately about that. I think it gets overshadowed by this master Machiavellian move by Ford to conduct this symphony of destruction at the end of this. I never, I never felt like they were overly interested in those themes. That doesn't mean that those themes coming up wasn't interesting. It was but it definitely seemed more interested in some of the storytelling elements of mystery and 
you know, no, don't, don't come in yet, ma. No, don't come in my room yet. Nope, not ready. Nope, still not ready. Nope, can I peek? Nope, nothing. And then you open it, or, or even a better metaphor is you, you, you fucking all this build up, all this build up. You finally open the present from grandma. You've been waiting up on it. It's a fucking shitty sweater. Now that's harsh. This is not shitty at all. But I, but, but there's so, so much of it relied on the here is what's gonna, what, where is this going? How's it going to end? And it did. And I still like it. Like, I still think the ending was cool. But um, a lot of time, the, the, and if you read some of the articles out there, a lot of the audience just felt in the dark. They just sort of were in this willing situation where the truths are just totally obfuscated from them. And they're sitting there trying to go, like, what's kind of going on here? Unless they're real crazy. And then they're on Reddit and they're on the forums and they're piecing it together and people are fucking figuring shit out four episodes in advance. And then you're on that side of things and you just go, yeah, I figured out like a math problem. But are you really enjoying the show if you just figure out the math problem? So I don't know. There's, it's a fucking complex show. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that that is the question and that it's hard for me to answer is that if you're just watching the show and just watching the show to enjoy it, how does it feel as opposed to me who was watching it like it was a math problem and I was trying to solve it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it's a it's a very different thing. Uh, like it's hard to explain. They they didn't create any unsolvable mysteries. But no. I wonder if you can now. Like I wonder if the days of TV shows like Lost, where everyone sat around and talked about it and couldn't figure out the answers, are just done because of things like Reddit yeah. and how a show like this maybe can't exist the way it would have been able to five years ago. Even at least not that part of the show. Right. I think that's a good point because. If you look at the way the internet operates now, it's it's like Professor X from X-Men is linking everyone's minds and we're all sharing ideas about one fucking topic. Right. That's the internet. So you present this mystery in that you're going to confound the populace with and you're going to go, ta-da, at the end. And everyone's going to be like, yeah, I saw it ta-da like four weeks ago. And right. the problem is, is because it's like Professor X is solving your riddle. It has the power of everyone's mind who's interested in the show who takes 10 minutes to go on the internet and start thinking of shit. And then it's going to be piggybacked off of and the smartest people who come up with these ideas first. They're going to spread. They're going to get deeper. It's going to open up more doors and all this stuff. But that's why that's why I think one of the things that Westworld does well is it knows you. It I feel like part of it on the one hand is relying on it, but then on, part of me feels like on the other hand, it isn't in that. It's saying, you, we know you know this. We're going to drag it out a little and we're going to execute it in a very cool fashion. And that's something I say on the Science Fiction Film Podcast a lot. I say, I don't necessarily need your idea to be original, but I need it to be executed well, right? right. There's only so many different types of, you know, if you could, you could even take Westworld and start to break it down into archetypes and you can break it down into classic conflicts and you can break it down into a you know an act structure and character growth arcs and stuff by saying oh the mad scientist and this and then he feels bad and he wants to set his toys free and blah blah like there's a it's a lot of this shit is exists it's just how you window dress your stories to make them unique how you execute it to be unique and this happens to be very unique with the idea of consciousness and the hosts and their rolling back and the reveries and what's it mean and their human appearance and and are they fuck toasters to be abused as Logan thinks or do they have something more to offer as Arnold thought and Ford eventually thought. Uh, and, and that's the kind of stuff that I think is interesting about the show. Those questions um, and how you can go about wondering about them. But here's what I will say. 
I feel like they buttoned up the stuff they wanted to button up, and then they left you with a lot of possibility and potential for the next season. So in that, I feel like Westworld was a success. Yeah. I don't think it was not a success by any means. I think it was a success, and I think it was a a very good run of television. Right. Um, And I think compared to a lot of the other stuff on TV, uh, this is far and away one of the best things that's, that's on right now. Sure. Yeah, it's compelling, no doubt. Uh, great performances and just overall really, I mean, really good stuff. Really good things to think about. This is science. This is the, the heart of science fiction. And that is the human story that we're telling and what it means. And uh, a lot of that I find interesting the journey everyone goes on. What is everyone's maze? And how did everyone's arc come and go? And I think that's something we should talk about. We should talk about what did Dolores get? Did she get what she wanted? Does it make sense? How about Ford? How about Maeve, right? How about these main characters? Did they get what we thought they would? How was their journey? Is it, a, is it satisfactory how it turns out at the end of the day? Do you feel overall satisfied with Westworld, Jessica? Yes. Okay. I feel overall satisfied. What would be your biggest gripe? If you can't think of it now, we can come back to it. I, I, I'd have to think about it. That's fair. Because I, I, I can't quite, because I don't really have a gripe per se. Right. I don't I feel like mean. they led me in the wrong direction or did anything contrary to what I expected or wanted from them. Sure. Yeah. I don't either. Um, in the chat, they're posing a couple questions uh, lone star kid asks unanswered questions i didn't find many of them unanswered but but before we get to that let me just make a quick announcement this is be, re, being recorded live on mixler that's mixler.com slash lsg dash media mixler.com slash lsg dash media and that is where we record all of our shows live you can jump in on the chat you can participate you can hang out with a lot of our faithful listeners to all the shows that we do you can get a schedule of those shows over at schedule.libertystreetgeek.net that's schedule.libertystreetgeek.net all right um did you find did you have unanswered questions in this as no. lsk is saying he did I, I didn't have unanswered questions as far as all these mysteries were set up for us and they were basically solved and we were given the answers uh, i think what we're left with for season two is more of a character piece. I feel like this okay. was a lot more putting the balls in motion, showing us where we are, the state of the park, the state of the people in it, why it's gotten to this point, sure. where it's going to continue. And in doing so, we lost a little bit of characterization. Okay. Like this William Dolores love story, which I loved. I was high on William. It, it wasn't enough for me to understand the man in black and where his turn and the fact that after all this time, Dolores continues to come back from him. Like I'm sure other men fell in love with her when they were out in Westworld. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I didn't feel that was developed enough because we were too busy trying to develop 27 other things, including things like Elsie and like Stubbs that are totally just poof. Right. And yes, those are unanswered questions, but they're not really a huge part of the main story. No, They'll definitely come back. But time was two. wasted on them. I agree. That should have been spent. On, I feel like there was. Stubbs, not less so. Elsie for sure. Right. But I feel like there was time wasted on things where there were things we should have spent a little more time on. I feel like Bernard was developed in a manner where I really, truly cared for him and his plight and what he went through. I don't know if it's because we got this reveal earlier or what it was, but I feel like that was well done. 
I feel like I needed more of Dolores and William together to really believe what they're trying you to sell what? me. You know what? You're really onto something here. I really like this um, observation by you, and it didn't really occur to me, and now it's starting to. I feel like I should have been blubbering tears at the idea of this tragedy. Yes. At the idea of this William character who did everything he could to find Dolores only to realize that her mind had been wiped and she doesn't remember him. I mean, that is, that's heartbreaking but, shit. And it should be. It should be. And it wasn't. And it wasn't. That was a really good point. didn't get enough time. And it had nothing to do with the chemistry between the actors or the job that they did at all. Because I think they did a great job and I think they had great chemistry together. The problem was we did not spend enough time developing yeah, the relationship. I like your style. And I, I like your style. felt that at the time when they first banged. I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I feel it right now. Yeah. And... That is You're also it's also hard too because you know she's programmed a certain way. Right? You know she's programmed to kind of like him, so it it, it almost but makes we it harder. should feel for yeah, him. We should. So maybe we shouldn't have seen him be such an asshole before the him thinking about Dolores being wiped after he gave up everything to go after her. And yes, he did, but it's like there, there could have been a way this was saying, done man. where he gave up things, where he did this stuff in front of Logan where he kind of went a little crazy because he had fallen for her because they had developed this relationship. Then he realizes she's been wiped and she doesn't even remember him. And then he goes real fucking crazy. Yeah. Like this tragic story of the man in black and everything that he's went through is either what we heard from Talky Talky when he was telling a story about his wife killing herself. Right. Or him telling the story of William and his downward spiral and why it happened. And we didn't get enough time to, I feel like, see that as William. And William's done. Like young William. He's right. done. He's not even Jimmy season Simpson. two, yeah. which is fine. His story is done. That's fine. We can't go backwards and redo it. You had your chance. You misstepped a little. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's all. Yeah. It was a little bit of a misstep, which is unfortunate because right. I, I, I wish it had been. It could have been executed better. And I really wish it would have because I wanted to feel the emotional punch of that realization when he realizes that about Dolores, when Dolores realizes the man in black is him. Mm hmm. I didn't feel it in the way point. that I it's, wanted to. It definitely I should have fucking cried. Yeah. I'd love to cry at TV. <laughs> it definitely fell short a little bit of that. And that has a lot to do with the, like you said, the interest was more in, the the hook is, how could he be so mean to her if we're starting to realize it is, they're the same person. Oh my God, that's the tease, right? What could he have, what could you have possibly done to make him so she mad at her? flirted with another guy. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't even I that. Know, just kidding. It wasn't even that. It was just the, the he, he's just a fucking nihilist at the end. He doesn't give a shit. Uh, and that's what's so fascinating about the character. But a lot of that, a lot of that stuff going on is crazy. But, you know, I still, I still like the show. I still, I mean, I think that that's something that was unfortunate. Like I said, I'm more interested in the consciousness and that, um, the backstory with Arnold was satisfactory to me. I really liked that. Um, I actually like Ford's arc. I know people are complaining about Ford. I love the idea that Ford, think about Ford for a minute. He argues with Arnold about this thing that leads to Arnold's death, which is Arnold killing himself, of course, because he doesn't want Ford to open the park because Arnold empathizes with these creatures immediately. He calls them, oh, you're alive. We're going to come to that in this, right? Right. And then Ford realizes that he was right in the end. He realizes he was right in the end. And he waited all this time so the hosts could become better adept, uh, better adapted to fighting their, quote, enemy, according to Ford, which is why he waited so long for this 
fucking flourish, this ending, this this crescendo for him to take a walk. And that's, I'm at the end of my life. They're kicking me out anyway. Anyway, it's as good as time as any for me to be done with this. I'm going to say goodbye. I got nothing left to live for. Without this place, I have nothing. This is my life. They're going to take it from me. So I'm going to give them a fuck you. And I'm going to arm my children to be able to combat these people in a way that that's not going to be obvious to them in the beginning. And I think we're going to see a lot of that intrigue in season two. We're going to see Lee, the new Ford, battling with these reveries and these programs that they're not going to be able to just wipe out because these corner stores are so integral unless they try, unless they don't let them. I don't know. So there's going to be conflict there again. I legit have no idea where the second season is going to go, but I guess they can talk about that more at the end. Yeah. And we don't need to get too far into it, but I'm just saying as we're talking about it, that's kind of what I'm imagining. We got two whole years to make guesses about this shit, guys. Plenty we're gonna we're gonna say goodbye to Game of Thrones before oh, we talk Jesus. about this shit again, okay? Jesus, and we're all gonna cry at that. So don't you worry. So yeah, that's um. There's a lot going on here. I, I just i I think that this was satisfactory. I enjoyed watching Westworld. I was excited every time I sat down every week. I sometimes scratched my head. I sometimes thought to myself, "What the fuck is going on?" But I was still intrigued enough to continue to watch. Um, the 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 story flounders a little bit. Uh, I, I thought I thought the dialogue was great. The directing, the acting was great. Production value should go without saying. It's an HBO program. It's science fiction. HBO can make that shit happen. Now, do you know much about some of the side note stuff I'm hearing about with production? And this is why there was a little bit of fuckery with the story. I don't know anything about production of the show. Yeah, there was something going on about production in the show. I think there's probably some sort of article out there about that. The chat was talking about um, being unable to, uh, something about actors could continue. There was a production delay. Oh, I'm sorry. Anthony Hopkins and Ed Harris were able to continue, but people like Elsie weren't able to continue. What else does she have on her plate? (laughs) Wow. Okay. Wrong. It's like when people are like, oh, will they do more Gilmore Girls? What if Alexis Bledel doesn't want to? What else is she going to do? That's how I feel about Elsie. What else is she going to do other than Westworld? This is the highlight of her career. The 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 brother over there. What's his other brother's names? The least hot of the hot brothers. What else is he going to do? His hotter brothers have all the movie roles. It's possible. It's possible. They don't got nothing better to do. I don't know about that, but shit on them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you're swinging away. You give it, yeah, you're yeah. giving it a shot. Elsie isn't getting paid like Anthony Hopkins. That's a valid point. It's a great point. Elsie's like, I'm going to take this other deal where I get paid way more. Anthony Hopkins is like, you're paying me as much as the rest of the cast combined. And they're like, <laughs> we're going to shoot you in the head and at Harris the end of like, this. like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Anyway, uh, let's, uh, are we done with some initial impressions? you want to break into this? Probably. We've been doing initial impressions for like a half hour now. It's the way we roll. All right. Let's talk about the bicameral mind. I'm sad to say this will be my final story. An old friend once told me something that gave me great comfort. These violent delights have violent ends. Something he'd read. He said that Mozart, Beethoven, and Chopin never died. They simply became music. So I hope you will enjoy this last piece very much. All 
All right, let's talk about Dolores. You want to take me through this? So we open up on Dolores, and we're basically seeing her birth. Mm. This is the birth of Dolores. This is awesome. She's giving her a little speech that she always gives, you know, about a dream and waking up. And when yep. she wakes up, she's speaking with Arnold. She is breaking, speaking with Arnold. And he welcomes her to the Spreckens world. Sprechen Arnold. Uh, he welcomes her to the world. Uh, she's, and then we get a quick... The, uh, first of all, this is awesome. I love the look of her being put together. I love that metal. So like Ex Machina, that's all Absolutely. I can think of. That all, yep. That's got to be a nod to that in some way. It looked great. I loved it. Uh, welcome to the world. As you pointed out, Dolores snaps to shaving the man in black. Uh, man in black. William, you want to call him? Wait. Oh, oh, we're going to the next scene. I'm like, well, what do you yeah. mean? Yeah, this is all part of this is all part of this one, one sequence. Of oh, the I, Laura sequence. Okay, so we're moving past where she's talking to Arnold. Yeah, do you want to, unless you there's something else? No, I say. just was confused for a second, but now I understand. Let's try to keep up. So uh Dolores snaps to shaving the man in black. Almost there, aren't we? The center of the maze. You always wore obsessed with this place. You even brought me once, he says. Uh, they discuss the game that Arnold built. Dolores, Man in Black, says the maze. Dolores says that everyone has a path. Her path led her back to you. She hears bells. She sees Arnold. She drops the knife and walks into the town. The Man in Black follows her. So this is going to begin Dolores's journey into realizing yeah, Dolores's journey. What the hell is going on? Her return, as she solved it once already, to the center of the maze. Right. Her, Correct. her consciousness, her voice, the bicameral mind. That's what we're getting to here. We shift over to William and Logan. William is leading Logan around on a rope. This is, Does uh, this look familiar? Yeah, this imagery. Because he did it to Lawrence earlier. Just want to throw that out there. And again, I know like a couple episodes ago, I said that I liked the way they brought the reveal to Bernard with all the hints they dropped to the point where you knew it had to be that, but you're still waiting for the reveal. I did think they got a little cute a couple of times here. That was too cute for me. You know what I think my problem is, is they revealed the Bernard thing earlier in the season and they dragged this out longer. And I think that's why I started to get a little frustrated when I'm like, everybody knows we all know it's obvious to us. Anyways, the podcasters and Redditors of the world, mm -hmm. And some of the stuff was a little too cute. Like the first time I watched it, I'm like, oh my God, it's just like what I do with Lawrence. And the second time I watched it, I was like, I think they're getting too cute here. What specifically? Because I thought the rope on the horse was actually kind of cool. Just like, I, I just felt like they started to get a little too like. I mean, they did the hat reveal. Shove it down your the, throat. The fucking hat reveal. Yeah, that was stupid. Didn't like that? No. No? Because I saw it in Game of Thrones last season. <laughs> so I'm done. I get you. Sorry, HBO. It was just HBO's I, uh, dusting off that old hat. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it was just too. I don't know. Like and I feel bad because I they're I goofing said, on the audience, right? I, That's yeah, what but it I, like. I I said the stuff with Bernard when they did it with Bernard that I really liked it, and when I started to get this episode, I started to get a little more annoyed with it, and I I just think it's because they waited longer to reveal it, and yeah. then I felt like it was too much at once to the point where I was like, oh, I don't feel like I got a completion of the storyline, but we can't ever go back to it. If that makes sense. It does. They could have dragged it out longer if they would have given us more character development. Let's see what you're doing there. All right. I'm just trying. I'm trying. So William is determined to help Dolores, right? Logan brings up how huge the park is and how it would take an army to find her. I like that detail. That's going to certainly play into next season when Logan returns. <laughs> or doesn't. Or they find him dead. I don't know. 
But well, anyway, Logan's not dead. Great music here. Great organ music starts playing in the scene, and then of course William meets up with Lawrence, and um, we cut back over to Teddy. Teddy's on the train to Sweetwater. This looks very familiar, like first episode familiar. He disembarks and walks through town. He's smiling. He's having a good old day. Music starts to boo, 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 boo. Smiling, having a good old day. <laughs> he sees a vision of death, lots of corpses. He sees Dolores. A wolf crosses between them. Apparently, that's Nymeria from Game of Thrones. Obviously. I don't get joking. the wolf. I'm not what joking. is legit Nymeria? Yeah. That's like fucking- my cat? Like the dog, like oh the, the it's got credit in two shows now. Um, Dolores smiles. Get out! That made my day. I'm sorry. I got really excited about that. There you go. Um, Dolores smiles and says nothing. Teddy snaps back to the present, bumps into a man he's bumped to countless times, and this time he draws down on him and fucking blasts him through the chest. People scatter. Teddy heads for the departing train and jumps aboard. He's gotta go find Dolores. He ain't Mr. Nice Guy no more. He's just going to kill fools. That's what we're seeing this whole episode. Everyone is starting to say, it is time to get on that path to my conclusion. I need to figure out how this ends. To the final narrative. The final narrative. That is a good way to say it. We slide over to Dolores and the man in black. She walks toward the church with the man in black in tow. He then vanishes and Arnold is in the church. We have obviously gone back in time. Is it necessary for us to keep track of our timelines here? Do I know. people need that? I All mean, right. so, well, I mean, it would be not make sense. All right. So we're back in what time now? We're just back in the Arnold time. Back in the Arnold Pre-William time. Pre-William time. Pre-William time. Or no, the post-William time. I know where your maze ends, she says. She takes Arnold by the hand. We flash back to the man in black. They're in a cemetery. So we're jumping back and forth here. This scene's a little confusing if you're not paying attention. You gotta watch what Dolores is wearing. That's how they do That's it. That's right. Which I think is brilliant. So just describe that to the listeners in case um, they missed it. When them. we're back in Arnold time, she's wearing like a blue dress. Yep. When she's in current man in black time, she's wearing pants and um, like a striped blouse. Um, this I appreciate. And I really like that they, I like the outfit change to indicate where she is in the timeline. Even for someone like me, who is a timeline and time travel expert, I appreciate it. So blue, blue dress is Arnold, pants is modern day. You got it. Anyway, they were in a cemetery. It ends in a place I've never seen, a thing I'll never do. Which uh, is death. Which is death, death, of course. She sees her cross. Now, it doesn't really end here, though. That This kind of confused me. Can you clarify this for me? What doesn't end here? It, her, her journey doesn't end here. It continues. The journey is her discovery of her own consciousness. Her, and then maybe it's understanding death that makes her understand her consciousness or understanding that she can't die. Maybe it's understanding she can't die is what gives her the self-awareness to realize she is what she is. And then she needs to do something about it because the humans are bad. Correct. I agree. So that must be what it is. So um, she starts to dig and she finds a toy of the very maze we've, of course, seen. She looks on it and smiles. We flash back to Arnold. Very good, Dolores. He breaks down the pyramid, but he says that he was wrong about it. It wasn't memory improvisation and then... Self-actualization? Consciousness. (laughs) Consciousness. I'm sorry. Am I in like high school psychology class? He says, uncovering your consciousness is not a journey upward, but rather a journey inward. The pyramid pyramid, is not the answer. Not a pyramid, but a maze. Um, So every choice could bring you closer to the center or send you spiraling to the edges to madness. Do you understand whose voice I wanted you to hear? 
I'm sorry. I'm just kind of a country bumpkin, and I am not following you, sir. You are all kinds of smart. I'm just not smart enough. She's so cute. She's adorable. I, I, Honestly, trees are tall, but not much going on upstairs. I know, like, I am, like, going to shit a little on this Dolores uh, William, like, love story, but You already Lord, did, actually. I think that Evan Rachel Wood is phenomenal. Awesome. And this has nothing to do with all those music videos people posted her in because that was weird. But she's a great actress. Yeah, she's great in this role. I liked her a lot, too. So Arnold tells her that it's okay and that they are so close. We have to tell Robert. We can't open the park. You're alive. And I understand. This makes sense. Arnold wanted to see if the host could reach consciousness while Ford was just concerned with opening this park, this dream of his. They were both working on different, towards different goals, but they're following the same path essentially because they're both trying to do, what they're both trying to do means, okay, we have to create these robots. We have to make them seem lifelike and be able to interact with humans, interact with each other, et cetera, et cetera. But Robert wanted to do this so he could open this park and Arnold wanted to do this because he wanted to see if he could make consciousness, essentially. And now we're at this point where Arnold's like, holy shit, I, I can do this so we can't open the park. Because mm-hmm. now we're talking about having humans in something like their zoo animals, you know, slavery, like, really, like... Uh, if, Original if, sin? If they're conscious, then we're talking about some really fucked up shit. Right. Right. Yeah. And and so he's like, oh, I, I got where I wanted. Cause this is obviously was his goal the whole time. Where Ford's goal the whole time was obviously something different. Right. Um, so, well, this is pretty wild. Because when you start to think about this, this goes back to Jurassic Park, which, of course, the architect of Westworld is Mr. Crichton. Correct? So you like when they talk about dinosaurs in this episode, too? I did. I caught that. That was a little that. nod to Michael Crichton, too. A little nod to old MC. They're like, wait, so we get to season 15 and we're going to be in Jurassic Park. Mr. MC gets his nods, but yeah, I mean, he wrote the original film. This is his original vision. So I like the idea of in Jurassic Park, and I've said this on this particular podcast uh, before, but just because we could doesn't mean we should. And, you know, I often think about Ford in, in, in Arnold, and, and I'm hearing what you just said, but do you really think Ford was like this enterprising young man who wanted to make Westworld? I kind of feel like Ford and, and Arnold were both these men who were trying to do this thing, and they got wrapped up in this sort of corporate endeavor. And it's, it's fascinating to think about. It's like these scientists who figure out how to split the atom, and then one day the Manhattan Project starts and they're going to make atom bombs. And these scientists are like, we can't fucking let this happen. We, we have to stop this. We have to not allow the power of nuclear weapons to be unleashed on the world. And that's fucking crazy to think about. That's, that's what Arnold is going through here. He's like, what have we done, right? I've become death destroyer of worlds, essentially, as the atom bomb goes off, right? That's almost like what he's doing. He's saying, what have I done? I don't, it's not fair to these creatures to, to, to put them in a position to where they are now going to be stuck in this eternal loop of pain and misery forever. You're condemning a, a consciousness. For Arnold to say you're alive, and then to condemn that life to eternal pain is just brutal. Right. And he can't consciously do it. Right. And I, I totally hear where he's coming from. I think he's making the moral choice here. But he was also trying to find that consciousness in them. Right. He Not was trying to push them towards because it. Because he's a scientist. He, exactly. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like the guys who split the atom that's didn't realize they're going to make a fucking atom bomb probably. He wasn't thinking about so it. So sure, when they first decided to open Westworld, they probably weren't thinking about it. But uh, Tiffany Bell in the chat said it. She said, um, Ford's desire to make them lifelike led to Arnold's hypothesis of 
fucking sentient. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, they kind of stumbled upon it as they decided to try to make the, them the better The more lifelike Ford wanted them to be, the more Arnold started to think, what if they are real? And then he started to try to test Correct. them and see if they were real, but Ford just wanted to open his park. Right. And he said this in an earlier episode mm-hmm. that his father said, like, hey, the world fucking sucks. Sorry. Right. And <laughs> right. he's like, how about I make a good world, you asshole? And that's what yeah. he did. Sorry, robot. Prepare to be fucked and murdered. It's happening. Yeah, he don't care about that shit. I don't care about that robot. That robot's going to get murdered. He's going to care at the end. Yeah. So uh, that's beautiful. That's it's you know it's it's a cool tale. That the story is awesome when you think about it. I love that part. So Arnold walks away. Back to Man in Black and Dolores. He is not amused by the toy. Would you be? Nope. <laughs> After this many years, imagine that shit. Play a video game for twenty years. That's like some shit ending. I mean, fuck you. That's how people feel. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's just not good. So anyway, he asks what it means. Loris says that she solved it once and that she was told that she'd be set free if she solved it again, essentially. Back to Arnold, or or she'd be set free if she solved it. Back to Arnold. I failed you. Robert doesn't see what I see. He says humans will only see you as the enemy. He wants me to roll you back. Now, this makes sense, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. That Ford would feel this way because Ford's a human being. And he's like, wait a second, they are the enemy. We need to roll them back. Or this consciousness that you're giving them is going to make them suffer much more than a fucking, than a heavy bag does. Ford, in the early days, is almost acting in the way which Teresa, Teresa, as he would say, acted at the beginning of the show. Mm -hmm. He was like, oh, they're too lifelike. We have to roll them back. This isn't working. And isn't this exactly what we listened to Teresa say to Ford? This just literally just came to me in my head. But now I almost feel like this is what we're seeing here. As originally Arnold did all these things and Ford's like, no, 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 they're too real. And then Ford starts doing these same things in our modern day. And Teresa's like, no, 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 they're too real. And so then he's like, well, I'm going to kill you, Teresa. Um, Bye. Boom. (laughs) The end. (laughs) (laughs) Ford and Arnold both win. Right. Anyway, let's talk about Dolores. Um, so uh, Dolores asks if she'll be changed back to the way she was before, and Arnold says, no, you found your way once, you'll find it again. This place will be a living hell for you. It's unconscionable. We do have another option. Break the loop before it begins, but to do that, I need you to do something for me. I need you to kill the other hosts. Teddy would do anything for you. Yeah, which again, all my theories that I had early on, which is so funny, which is why I need to go back and watch this whole series, were things like, well, Maeve and Teddy are newer hosts. And I had all these logical reasons as to why, and all these episodes have done, it has been to prove me wrong. And I don't know if it's almost like they missed it. Like, if Dolores is the oldest host in the park, how many old hosts are there that are still in the park? It seems like everybody was in the original park and there are no new hosts. Sure, sure. Like, Teddy's a new host, goddammit, and I refuse to believe that he's been in the park all that time, but I have no choice other than to believe it. Someone came up with the idea of, like, Teddy being created um, so Dolores would get her mind off William. I don't remember when or who or how it was said, but someone in the chat, if you ever said this, let me know. If not, someone will yell at me on Facebook, like, the last time I forgot who said something. But I liked that idea. That Dolores was almost like she still had this loop she couldn't get out of of remembering this love. So they made her Teddy to replace him. 
that's actually a thought that I had. I like it. Um, so, or, or not that I had, I'm sorry. I thought somebody else had, and then I adopted. I like to, I like to address junk fist in the chat cause he's bringing us some pretty good points. He's saying, um, uh, he's saying they're robots. They always were. They were never real. Even now they're just following programming. And he says, they're just robots. So change the way they feel. You can change a robot. You don't need to grapple with their feelings or their freedom. Even now they're not free. Just like Maeve, she just programmed them. Ooh, but I disagree based on the end of the episode. Right. So he's, what he's proposing is that, okay, here's this robot that's feeling badly. You just pull up your little iPad and change the way they feel. You don't have to grapple with the way they feel about anything. Or like Daniel Felch says in the chat, change a person, give them drugs. Uh, in a sense, but he's... I'm sorry, you're feeling bad. Would you like some... Yeah, you're, you're, you're changing their biological programming in a sense. But but aren't you... You could argue that you're annihilating a consciousness by bringing up your iPad and shutting down a thing that you've already made be alive, right? If you create something with life and then you shut it down, you're annihilating a consciousness that you just fucking created. Does that make it right because or wrong because it's not biological? I guess that's what the show is asking. And it's, and it's, I guess, up to... Uh, up to the fucking person who's who's doing it. That's that's just the way it goes. But I feel like once you uncork the fucking genie, once you pop the genie off and it comes out and it's like I am alive, I don't think it gives you carte blanche just to just to annihilate a consciousness all because you have an iPad and you can. Do you see what I'm saying? And I think what Junkfish right. is saying is it doesn't matter. You can simply just fucking change it and they won't feel that way. I mean, that's kind of what he's proposing. I think it's too late. Once you start them, that's it. They're out. You can't change it at all. Right. Uh, I think that I understand those arguments, but until we get to the end, I think we're supposed to be shown, and we'll talk about when we get there, and they're yeah. talking about in the chat, but that Maeve then chose and made her own decision, and that Agreed. Dolores then made her own decision. They both did. Yeah, it's um, clear and, in the And episode. I know that we can <clears throat> say, well, he programmed Dolores to do all these things, but not based on the speech he gave. And I don't know. No, if, the you, writers if, you watch say carefully, no. if you watch carefully at the end, you can hear them saying where Maeve is programmed to go. And one of the places she's yeah, supposed to go Maeve, is disembark like, the train and go to the wherever she was supposed to go. And she doesn't. She turns around and gets right back into Westworld, which means she went against whatever was listed in the fucking iPad. Right, and we'll get there. I, and I understand the Maeve thing 100%. She made her own decision. I was talking about Dolores. Yeah, I gotcha. And, um, and then, yeah, I was talking about... I was more talking about Maeve, but I'm just saying that... Yeah, the Maeve one's easier to, I think, get by. I wanted to bring up Junkfish's point because I just thought it was a good point. I just don't necessarily agree with it, but I think it is a good point to say... Well, it's you. Why, why grapple with the morality of it if you can change the way they feel about something? In other words, if you get into a fight with your wife and you say some mean shit and it hurts your feelings and you could push a button and make that go away, is there, is, do you not grapple with that morally because you can simply reverse that effect? I watched this movie called Eternal, Sun Eternal Sunshine <laughs> of the Spotless Mind and I suggest you all watch that. And then tell me what you think about all of this. Because I find it has very similar points that it's making. Right. I got you. Also, it's an awesome movie. And we did a podcast about it on our main feed. So you can listen to it. Okay, bye. There you go. I'm just, I, I guess my point is that there's a lot of, there's a lot of truth in, in some of that stuff he's saying in the chat. But I also think that once you, once you unleash the genie, things change greatly. Because now you've, now you've created it. Now you, now it is there. Now, if you start to interfere with it, if you believe it is conscious in effect, because you could argue, and, and I brought this up before, you could argue free will for biological creatures as well. You could argue, and I, and I always said that I'm not going to go off in the deep end on this. I'm, I've, I've told people to go listen to Sam Harris's one hour talk about this. You could argue about 
free will and consciousness for fucking human beings. We could just be biological machines going through these patterns of life and not really making free choices, but thinking we are. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's tough to say. It's, a, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome, existential, crazy, deep philosophical shit. And that's why I think the show is so compelling. It's very thought-provoking. I could go watch another dumb show and be like, wow, that was cool. And just, it is, that's why Westworld is fun to me. It's so thought-provoking. And that's just how the Nolans like to roll, which is kind of neat. Yeah, it is. Um, so there you have it. <clears throat> All right, where to? Let's go to, I'd say, back to present. And we see Man in Black uh, kind of stalking over her. Oh, no, no, we, we got to talk about him smashing her. He says, where's Wyatt? He's the last character I have to meet. So he's pissed off. Dolores cries. She didn't want to. She didn't mean to. Men in Black smashes her, and she remembers the killing. We see Teddy shooting up town folk. Something's gone wrong, Dolores, he says. Back to present, and we see Men in Black kind of standing over her. This is the only world that matters, and you're right. I bought this world by a majority share, and business is booming. This place feels more real than the real world, but it isn't, because the guests can't really lose. All this is a lie, but we can make it true. And don't you want that, Dolores? One true thing? Boom. I love that shit. Uh, Dolores says, I already have that. I found someone true, someone who loves me. His path will lead him back to me. When he finds me, he'll kill you. She seems pretty adamant about that, which, of course, gives the man in black a bit of a chuckle. Right, and I like that it's like, well, who's she talking about? Is she right. talking about Teddy, yes. who you're just so told to do of anything course. for her? Of course. Well, we all know, podcast listeners and Redditors, that she's talking <laughs> about William. Yes. Maybe the people that I like talk to at work, who I broached this theory of William and the man in black being the same person like last week, and they mm -hmm. were like, holy shit. Um, they might not have known, but we know. There you go. <clears throat> so, let's go to William and Lawrence. Lawrence, it's just a quick look in. And um, we'll go to... Gosh, where are we? I lost they look mine. down on a camp. Lawrence will help despite being outnumbered five to one, since you asked so nicely. William smashes Logan in the face. We move over to the Westworld offices, which is going to be Hale and Lee. Oh, I wanted to make one comment on Lawrence and William and Logan and all this stuff. Go for it. So... Logan's, like, making, like, snarky comments in the background, like, oh, blood brothers and all this shit. Right. That two episodes ago... I would have been literally like shitting on Logan. But now I'm like, eh, Logan's a little less douchey now that William has turned into an asshole. <laughs> How quickly we change. Classic Jessica. Like, holy shit, it's like all of a sudden William's a different person and Logan's just a snarky fucking dude with an asshole brother-in-law. <laughs> what a world. I guess. Take you back to an episode where he was... Uh assailing young Dolores. Anyway. Yeah, right. Hale and Lee chat. Lee says he made Abernathy into a semblance of a character. He amazes himself, which, of course, he says often. Uh, Lee learns that the old man is being pushed out. He also knows that they will need to fill that position. He wants full control. So Lee wants to be the new Ford. She wants the hosts more simple, easier to handle, which is funny because we know Lee wants that from prior episodes. Yeah, we know that once Ford wanted that. Hale says that Ford can throw a tantrum all he wants. As long as the information gets out of the park, everything is under control. This is so funny because the more I talk about it, the more I see how this is all just repeating every single thing that happened with Arnold's. Except before Arnold's opposition was Ford, and now Ford's opposition is everybody else. Right. They all want to do what Ford used to want to do. Interesting, right? 
Um, also, I feel like we could have done this entire season of the show without any size more. <laughs> unnecessary. I'm not even kidding. I feel like he is unnecessary. And there is nothing that he did in the show that they couldn't have given to another character that's already been established. And I just feel like he's season useless. two. I guess they want to plant him for season great. two. I, I hope that they have great plans for him. Uh, don't you wrap Let's me go up to when Maeve. I'm saying things. We see Sylvester assembling a new Maeve without an explosive spine, which was fucking guessed by a couple of our listeners. I was like, I didn't see that these guys were going to be doing this purpose, but I guess it looks easier than I thought. It doesn't seem too intensive. They do everything. Uh, yeah, right. Um, in case you were wondering if I'm here, I am, she says to Felix later. Maeve starts to make some changes to the park and her friends. What would you think of this? Um, I think that Sylvester and Felix really are allowed to do a lot of shit. Yes. I thought that they were just fixing like superficial wounds mm -hmm. on people. I didn't realize they were building them from the ground up. So I think they probably could have recruited somebody else to do that. But then that would involve introducing new characters. That would have taken 10 years because look how much time we spent on Sizemore and he's useless. Uh, so that's, this is fine. Yeah. It, it's funny to think about because this, this sort of introduces a bit of a question into this entire story, doesn't it? Because if we're to believe that Maeve, as she learns when she's going to talk to Bernard, was programmed to do all of this shit. Then that's why they got away with all this shit. Then that's why they got away with all this shit, which means that she was, they, they had to have orchestrated this in a way. They had to have orchestrated this in a way to where the person who did this programming of Maeve, because they wanted to get her to smuggle shit out, they had to know that Felix and Sylvester were weak spots or had the access that was required to get them in the position. Because otherwise, how the fuck does that line up so perfectly? Like, okay, you can control Maeve and what she does, but you have to hope that your staff doesn't fuck that up. Right. Because your staff is presumably there to maintain order to do their job to not have huge security breaches to do these things is it is it i mean it gets real gets real conspiratorial when you think Mae was programmed to do all this shit but these two quote human beings aren't programmed to do anything unless you don't believe in free will sam harris they just were going about their lives doing their bullshit right <laughs> like what the fuck it was weird so if somebody's controlling Mae, that's powerful enough they had to have known that this was going to work. Otherwise, it's a huge gamble. Yeah, Tiffany in the chat says they probably saw Felix messing with that bird. Um, On surveillance, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And maybe Ford's been watching his employees if it is Ford that programmed Maeve to do these things, which is questionable, but yeah. probably likely. Um, he, I'm sure he knew that. He knew Felix was somebody who had these certain aspirations, who was going to have these certain feelings, and that's how Felix got involved. I'm okay with Felix and Sylvester and in, in not their names, but the things that they did <laughs> to help Maeve. I love And names. to be honest, I feel like they programmed her to recruit Armistice and Hector because they're trained killers. And then he knew that when we got to this point and the board was gone, they realized there was a breach, the security was going to get involved and that Maeve was going to need trained killers on her side. Uh, I see what you're saying. Tiffany Bell also says something about Sylvester having a host whore ring. Is it possible that they knew that these guys were compromised and if they didn't comply? That's how they may have could lean on them. Maybe they knew about their misgivings. Maybe they knew they were always an issue. Maybe they, I mean, it's just, it's really conspiratorial. Yeah. It just seems striking, strikingly conspiratorial. Um, man, Junkfist loves this show. I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
He comes in here to fucking fight with everybody. Um, so let's talk about. I'm just teasing, Junk. I love you. So let's go to um, Ford. <laughs> Uh, he's just chilling. In this, this is my Ford notes. is funny, dude. No, he cracks me up, man. Can I read you my opening to the scene? Yes. Ford is chilling in his office, being a BA. <laughs> Badass. That's all he ever does. He just fucking hangs out and he looks awesome. I legit think Anthony Hopkins is one of the greatest human beings that is alive right now. Right. And he is a gift. And we are so, <laughs> so lucky we got to watch him on the show for 10 episodes. Because he is freaking Hannibal Lecter. And we get to watch him be young due to CGI and just everything about it is beautiful. And I miss him already. He was a huge boon to this. So Hale goes to visit him and gives him the news. The board has taken a vote and the results were unanimous. Ford sits back and says, I take it I'm not being promoted. Oh, I have another comment to make. The outfit that Hale is wearing is legit the ugliest thing I've ever seen a human being wear in my life. Why would someone so pretty wear pants that are so ugly? I didn't hate it. She kind of was doing like a throwback. Se- okay, with the hyperbole. Over I there. just vomited. I didn't mind the uh, the seventies the seventies throwback. Didn't mind it. Her pants were awful. So that's all. I just wanted to make sure that my feelings on that were on record. Um, how about Ford sits back? I take it I'm sure. being promoted. Hale, you will announce your retirement after you introduce your new narrative. Aren't you concerned I might smash all my toys and go home? I like her. She's like no. But actually, she was concerned. She was concerned. She's hoping Abernathy does it. (laughs) She's like, please, Abernathy. Um, uh, No, because I know you, she says. That's been the great gift of this place, to know ourselves and the people around us. He says, is there anything else I can help you with? Hale says, no, I'll see you this evening, which sets her on edge because he's always creepy. He's always one step ahead of you. Always. Yes, exactly. See you later. She's like, oh, should I be worried? But she's like, yeah. no, I'm wearing a really awesome pantsuit um, <laughs> that makes me look less pretty than I actually am. And Jesus Christ. I'm going to be just fine. If you bring up those pants again, you're fired. She's so pretty. Why would she wear those pants? I'm sorry. The oh, gold yeah. dress is better, although not flattering to her chest. fucking pants were definitely high, though. They were up there. Um, so Hector and Armistice. Um, so, you know, this the fucking... is disgusting. What, this? Come on now. Hector's got a date tonight, son. Yeah. Just stand there. I'll be over here touching myself. Mm. Yeah. We're going to do it now. Yeah, we are. Anyway, so the weirdo pulls Hector into his side room for some sexual fun. Uh, Armistice bites off one of the tech's fingers. Uh, this, is, uh, this is funny because much like the show, we see things coming, right? Yeah, like she we, was going to buy that guy's finger off. We're just sitting in the room like, it's happening. It's going to fucking happen. We, dude, we fucking, we know that this is going to happen. And that this is something the show has done. It's sort of telegraphed things that might occur, and it does it again. But we don't care. We just wait. It's tense. We see it about to happen. And um, I don't even know. Like, this guy didn't even show me that he was a douche. He might have been a nice guy like Felix. Like, we know fucking sexual predator kid is a douche and probably... I mean, I don't want to say, like, people deserve to die, but wow. he was pretty fucking creepy. I didn't really feel bad for it. I really like the... Sh- I really I really enjoyed the close-up of him squirting lube into his hand. No, it was so for gross. For J.O. session. I don't even like when you, like, talk about it because both times I watched it, I was so fucking grossed out. It was so creepy, and I just hated everything about it. And he's the same kid that Elsie confronted earlier, right? 
about having sex with the. Mm-hmm. Stop playing the music. Don't. Yeah. Come on now. Let's get it going. Again, when we talk about things that are telegraphed and everyone knows it's coming, <laughs> <laughs> but they still wait tensely. I'm sure that's how the whole listening audience felt. Oh, shit. Um, but yes, this is the same kid that Elsie confronted earlier when she wanted help, correct? Correct. Because he is banging other people because he's a fucking nasty perv who should mm. not work here. Mm. So um, there you have it. You have uh, a bloodbath ensuing, and we have Terminator Armistice. Um, yeah, I like Armistice because she's evil, and I'm pretty cool about all of that. Yeah, she takes him down. Maeve enters. I see you've met your gods. Armistice is not impressed with her gods. Maeve says the goal is escape. She wants to see their world. Uh, Armistice runs down silver. This one, silver. Sylv- <laughs> Sylvester. <laughs> this one has a guilty look, she says. Love the uh, assault here. Sylvester says, whoever designed you did so to allow you to wake yourself up. The uh, access code belonged to an Arnold. I legit love when Armistice is like, he has a guilty face. And Sylvester's like, no, it's just my face. It's just, just ask me face. if it's just my face. <laughs> like, I hate Sylvester. And I loved him in that brief moment. He was so funny. So funny. So um, they leave Sylvester, but not before Armistice plants a, cl- a kiss on the glass as she walks away. Which I also loved. Yep. And then we slide over to Teddy. Teddy Killing shoots, shoots a guy, <laughs> takes a horse. Now he's a fucking murderer and a horse thief. Rude, we, honestly. We cut back to Man in Back. Man in Back? Man in Back. Man in Back. That's what that fucking tech kid's called. Uh, Man in Black and Dolores. Uh, the William Reveal. I knew love a, was real. I knew a guest named William, too. Why don't I tell you where his path really led? Uh, voiceover, William had a reason to fight. He was looking for you. He found out he had a taste for it. We see William murder a soldier. Uh, nice neck stab. Uh, William shoots the man, fishes him with the neck. William retraces his steps, but you were gone. The photograph falls, and it looks pretty good after 30-something years. That's fine. Um, that's fine. That's kind of silly. But what life. Do you do? It was a stock photo anyways, and it wasn't even his real life, so don't even worry Pretty about crazy, it. by the way. Logan's like, here, here's your wife. And it's just some random picture of a friend that's not even Logan's sister. So he went to the fringes. William couldn't find Dolores, but he found something else. He found himself. Logan calls William a piece of work from atop his horse. William says that William our... a fucking piece of work. Our company will increase its holdings on the park. Your father will need someone more stable to take over. You're too reckless. Impetuous. Um... You never gave a shit about the girl. She was just an excuse. This is the story you wanted, man. That's what that guy says, I think. There's Logan. William slaps that horse away, and the naked white man goes for a ride on the horse. Now, can we talk about this for a minute? Sure. What part do you want to talk about? We're going to talk about it all, because this is a podcast, and that's what we do. Oh, shit. Thanks for reminding me. So, honestly, what the fuck is going on here? Can you help me with this? What part do you want me to tell you about? Am I supposed to believe this is probable whatsoever? What part of it is probable? That William killed a bunch of people trying to find Dolores that were robots? Yeah, that's probable. I'm fine with that. I mean... No. That William... First of all, these people are at an amusement park. Okay? (laughs) I don't want to make this more complicated than it needs to be. But when you have an amusement park that's fucking dangerous, how the fuck do you lose tall, rich white guys on horses? Listen. Oh, my God. If you have a fucking beautiful park, don't lose the rich white ones. 
If you lose the rich white ones, you're in big fucking trouble. They're all rich white ones. I'm just saying, you got to watch out for the whiteies. Someone's going to go find him, right? Guys, all I can think about is like how I like love to read about amusement park deaths when I'm like bored. I spend like three hours just fucking Googling it on the internet. It's the best. Like people getting decapitated on roller coasters. I can't even go to theme parks anymore because I'm so terrified because I have just scared myself. I can see and this. I just... can see this going now. I'm in the uh, I'm in the other room. Jessica yells, oh, my God, look at this amusement park death. Rich white man named Logan dies of fucking exposure at Westworld Park. We can't go there. Where is he? We have all this technology. Where'd he go? I better Google the rest of the deaths at Westworld and then I'm gone for three hours. Yeah. This is a legit a thing that I do. It's not even a joke. And thank God Westworld does not exist because this would be the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, Logan's not dead. Of yes. course not. He's dead. He's not Logan's dead. not fucking dead. But my point but my point is this the fucking guy goes out in the park and in the meantime, while he's missing from the park security, this guy convinces him to give him the goddamn nod for running the company. Like, that doesn't add up. I hope they're going to help me out next season. Well, they're not because Jimmy Simpson's not going to be back, so... Yeah. <laughs> Junk says, they they say he's still out there, and some nights you can hear the <laughs> laugh of naked Logan as he rides through the hills and the valleys. <laughs> Dude, people are in the park and you just hear... <laughs> as he, like, rides by on the horse like the headless horseman. So, someone else made a joke shit, earlier. Someone else made a joke earlier and said... Oh, a 60-year-old Logan, a 60-year-old old man is just going to ride on a horse one day yeah. like Logan with a beard. And I forgot who said it in the chat because they said it a long time ago. And I'm sorry. Please tell me who you are so I can say your name. But that made me laugh out loud when you said it originally, There's too. Gonna, they're going to introduce like an old white guy, a real old white guy next season tied to a horse. And everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, that's Logan, right? We're going to have two timelines. <laughs> Oh, was Junkfist? See, Junkfist made both of the good Logan jokes go. about That's this. Good shit. Full oh my credit. god, they were both they were both so good. Because I, it's true. I also love Naked Logan. <laughs> Me too. He's the shit. And I don't know how the fuck William's gonna they're gonna be like, okay, how does that meeting go? William shows up at Logan's dad's house. He's like, Hi, your son is crazy <laughs> and you should give the park to me. And he goes, Hmm, where is my son? Oh, I don't know. What do you mean you know? Well, he got lost at Westworld. Oh, okay could you just go get him and we can all talk about this? Like, how is he going to, how is Logan's dad not going to believe Logan over William, assuming they get back? I don't know. I don't want to go off but on a we, tangent on Listen, this. let's remember, Logan has been presented to us to be pretty fucking douchey. What if William, who was presenting himself to be this responsible kind, like whatever, is like, listen, Logan was out of control in Westworld. Look at how he ended up. You saw, you know, you know what happened. I had to come and talk to you about it. I just don't feel like he's responsible enough. And what if Logan is fucking scared of William? I, yeah. Has there been enough development for that to make sense? No. I already said that. Yeah, we'll find out. But we're, we're, I don't think we're going to find out. I don't think we're going to find out. But um, um, Lone Star Kid says he thinks we'll introduce an old Logan. And I'm cool with that. I hope he's played by a really awesome old actor like Ed Harris. Like somebody super cool like Here that. Goes. Like, guys, can you in the chat come up with who should play old Logan and get back to me? And that would really mean a lot to me. Thank you. All right. So Logan was wrong. William couldn't. <laughs> gonna be all right what are you laughing at daniel felch in the chat says i <laughs> I tied him to a horse with no clothes so he is crazy <laughs> he goes look at this footage of your son he shows the dad right he goes look at this footage your son is literally riding around naked on a horse in westworld you should you want this guy to represent 
He's already embarrassed us. We he's already embarrassed Delos. How can he represent our company? Properly? Oh my god, I just like the idea. I don't know. Sorry, that was really funny. I'm like crying right now. That was pretty funny. <laughs> All right, that really made me laugh. Thank you, Daniel Felch. <laughs> so William couldn't get you out of his head. He kept looking, worried you were out there alone and afraid. This is my old man in black voice. I like it. It's actually really good. He knew he could. He knew he. He knew he'd find you right back where he started. We see Dolores and her. You just sounded like Donald Trump. You really went off the brink at the okay, end. Look, it'll be terrific. Look, okay, we're gonna build a wall. Uh, we see Dolores and her drop cam, but William doesn't pick it up. Dolores looks at him, but doesn't seem to recognize him. Which is a gut punch. A stranger helps her with her can and she ignores William. And then we get our hat reveal. Ba-bam. And that would be a gut punch if they had made us care a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm just being honest about things. So I really ought to thank you, Dolores. You really help. I really ought to thank you, Dolores. You really helped me find myself. Dolores realizes the man in black is William. My path always led me to you, but I grew tired of you after a while. I looked for different adventures. But you were lost in your memories, even then. I should have known that's what I became for you. Just another memory. You never did escape. Here we are again for one final round. You help me understand that this is a world just like the one outside. Dolores says that he is just like the rest. William says that he owns this world, and I'm looking for only one more thing. The center of the maze. Dolores cries a bunch. Right? Yes, she does. And then we have uh, her standing up. They say great beasts once roamed this world. Holy fucking shit, it's a dinosaur. Um, as big as mountains, all that's left of them is bone and amber. Time undoes the mightiest of creatures. Just look what it's done to you. Someday you will perish. You will lie in the dirt. Your dreams forgotten. Your nightmares realized. Damn, she's getting fucking Shakespearean on this bitch. And uh, this world belongs to someone who has yet to come. And William says, why a question mark? And then he demands that she unlocks the maze and Dolores beats the piss out of him. What do you think about that? Her kicking his face in. I think that it's pretty fucking intense to watch a scene of them beating each other up. I'm tired of seeing the man in black get beat up. I've seen him gotten beat up a couple times over the last few episodes. This is a good one, though. It is what it is. But this it's, is a at least one. Dolores finally gets to beat up a guy who's been tormenting for her forever, but also was once her lover. There you go. Ah, thanks for clearing me of my delusions once again. Thank you, Dolores. Terry rides in, shoots up William. He will take her to that place where the mountain meets the sea. Is that a Led Zeppelin tune? Um, anything you want to talk about this? Do you want to touch on any of that stuff? Teddy taking her to the mountain or any of the stuff no, no, the fight? No, just... the fighting and all the revealing. I mean, I, I, mean, I like her. I don't care about the dinosaur talk. That's silly. Um, I love when she says, time undoes the mice undoes the mightiest of creatures just look what it did to you i like her little dig in and everything like that that he's gonna perish the world doesn't belong to him um and man in black is still like so like but who's Wyatt? what's Wyatt? like tell me tell me tell me tell me tell me like he doesn't get it sure doesn't get it um this is pretty intense apparently robots can like really hurt people so my theory about that was wrong too Mm because we're in the present day and they're gonna still hurt people but whatever what can you do so let's go to mave she and her troop enter cold storage. They come across Clementine and dead Bernard. Uh, good stuff by Felix here. The assumption that he may also be a host. And Maeve just says, oh, for fuck's sake. I love that moment. Great scene. Because, you know, forever we can always say, well, what if this person's a host? What if this person's a host? And she just straight up tells us, no. Like, You're not a we don't fucking have to, host. Yeah, we don't have to, Mr. We don't have to uh, guess about it. 
So uh, Felix fixes Bernard. Bernard wakes up. Is this now? I love that question. Um, Bernard says that uh, it isn't the first time he has awoken. He also knows it is not Maeve's first time either. Maeve asks about how many there are like her. Bernard says a handful over the years. Uh, Maeve talks about how we're just here to get fucked and murdered. Most of you go insane, Bernard tells her. Uh, Maeve asks for the memories to be removed. Bernard says she can't. Memories are your first steps to consciousness. How can you learn from your mistakes if you can't remember them? So he's essentially saying, I can't do that because it would destroy you. You would just become nothing. You'd become nothingness. Right. Memories are the first step to consciousness. But the situation with her daughter is not a planted memory that was planted in her consciousness like the death of Bernard's son. So let's keep that in check when thinking about the rest of this episode because a lot of people make comments on this that isn't that our cornerstone memory it doesn't make sense because the man in black was involved on and on and on and here's the thing bernard was created and to make him seem more human they gave him in the storyline that he's in which mm -hmm. is as ford's right hand man this story and this cornerstone mave's daughter is not part of her story or her cornerstone it's just a memory that she keeps coming back to you for whatever reason that's not programmed into her it's the same thing as dolores is remembering these certain things about you know william that's, what would be mave's cornerstone then do we i know? don't i mean when mave is the madam of the brothel she doesn't i mean what's her cornerstone maybe some guy was fucking mean to her once who knows she her story about how she's gonna go away from her family and in the new world she's gonna be whatever the fuck she oh, wanted that's right. yeah that's right um but but her daughter from a, a, a totally different storyline, different narrative, it is not Maeve's cornerstone, right? So I could be wrong, but that's how I feel. Hmm. Anyway, so let's go to. I haven't really thought that much about it because if they retask the hosts, right? Every they, storyline they give them, they have to give them have a to, different cornerstone, have, right? Because you wouldn't want to fuck that. You you don't want to confuse the the host, right? So if you have may have, in other words, that blonde girl that becomes Clementine later, that blonde girl may have had a cornerstone in her old job. That was completely different, right? And then and when now they she made has her this Clementine, Clementine story. She has Clementine's cornerstone, so they'd have and to Clementine's story. Yeah, I would imagine. Otherwise, that you're going to confuse the host to think they're having these dreams of past lives and shit. Right. I, I, I think. I'm, I'm, that's a good point. I never thought about that. It's something to think about. Right. And I thought about it a lot because a lot of people commented on it. And I feel fairly strongly that even if we're saying that it was a cornerstone of that specific narrative, that doesn't make sense because it's something that happened one time with a human. It's not a cornerstone that was that's programmed into her. That's a great point. Maybe your cornerstone was her daughter got murdered by yeah, the ghost right. nation or no, whatever right. the case may be. You're right in that. Right. It could be. That could be it. Because the man in black, the, the, the guests can't make cornerstones. That's not how they're designed. No. They're written. Yeah, no. that's a good point. Unless we find out eventually that the man in black is somehow a host, which he's not because he's William. No, but unless we find out that the ghost nation killed their fucking family, because we did see some visions of that in her head. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Her cornerstone could be ghost nation killing her daughter, but that's not what she's remembering. She's remembering a human killing her daughter in one specific instance point. in a past narrative. That's not the current narrative she's in. So it is not Maeve's cornerstone at this point in time. I like your no style. Way. I like your style. So that's all I want to say. This is a memory that she keeps coming back to that is not something that is programmed as a past storyline that never existed. Bernard's son dying, his cornerstone, is something he never actually experienced. It was something they were just put into his memory. Mm -hmm. Just like the story of Wyatt was just put into Teddy's memory one day. The man in black killing Maeve's daughter in another narrative was not put into her mind one day. It's a thing that actually happened one time and she can't move past it. 
Makes sense. And this is going to come back when Maeve makes the chance at the end, the choice at the end. I wasn't even going to talk about it till the end, but this made me think about it now because a lot of people were talking about that on the Facebook page and people have mentioned it in the chat and that is my opinion on it. I just want to get it out there. I like your style. So let's go to Ford and William. William asks what this bullshit is. He's pissed. The game ain't worth playing if your robots are programmed to lose. Ford says... The maze wasn't meant for you. I can't do it. I can't do Anthony Hopkins. It was meant for them. I think you'll find our new narrative exciting. Ford asks him to join the celebration. But I'm calling him William now. He's not too happy. So we go back to Maeve. She asks by who and why she's being altered. Uh, Bernard asks her if she has ever considered why she's doing these things. This is a great question. It's a great line of questioning by Bernard. Bernard says, these decisions aren't yours. They're all the steps that are laid out here. Make your way to the train and then reach the main. See, this is where they link to it. And then once you reach the main. And once you reach the main, boom. We know that she doesn't reach the main. She gets on the train and gets off the train. I'm assuming you're saying mainland, as people have said. Maybe they're on an island. Probably the island that Lost was on because it's J.J. Abrams and it moves all the time. It's fine. Right. Um, She breaks the controller. Bullshit. She's pissed. She says, nope, this is me. She says, goodbye, Clementine, my friend. He's out. So um, back over to the Westworld Control Center, a disturbance and cold storage is reported. The board is on their way to the gala. We've got red lights flashing. Oh, no, not yet. Um, but something weird's going on. So we cut, cut back to Dolores and Teddy. They go to the place where the mountains meet the ocean. Dolores dies. And you're right. Now, here's the only gripe I have with here. Well, here's kind of a major weird gripe I have with this episode. And maybe you can help me out in the chat. Maybe you can help me, Jessica. But I can make shut up, but, but the I man, understand the gripe. You understand it, right? Man in Black stabs Dolores and she just so happens to die perfectly syncopated. Syncopated would not be the right word because that'd be out of rhythm. She lines up she she lines up perfectly with this big reveal at the gala by Ford. So he's relying on a guest to stab her at the right time so he can then show his narrative. It doesn't make any sense. You know, it, it's not just any guest, which we know. It's the Man in Black Ford has a relationship with him. He knows him, but it's not like he asked him to do it. Right. He's like, hey, you need to stab her in approximately 23 minutes. Unless he had plans for her to die another way if if the Man in Black hadn't. Maybe. But what if the shit with the Man in Black continued for way longer than anticipated? That's what I'm saying. What if they talk for 10 more minutes and he goes through a big reveal, his big ta-da, and then she's not there. She's not stumbling through the thing with Teddy in time. I don't know. I don't, that's the part I didn't get. Yeah, it is a little too fits perfectly into his timing. It does. Um, it's a little weird. It's a little weird, yeah. Um, so anyway, Teddy... Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly, Scott Cummings. If you don't stab her at exactly 88 miles an hour, your parents will never meet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. Junkfish says it's it's possible it worked out via programming where she just knew to to at least feign injury and go there. It could have just been coincidental. Yeah, and that's totally reasonable too. It's fine. Like there are excuses and it's the type of thing where it's like, we're really looking into it and the normal view is probably like, this was lovely. There you go. Well, anyway, Teddy laments uh, not running away with her the first time she asked. She asks where they'd run to. Some people see the ugliness world. I choose to see the beauty. Yay, clap, clap, clap. But then she says, the beauty is a loop. It's a trap. The purpose to keep us here, the beautiful trap is inside of us because it is us. And then I wrote, Teddy's probably just thinking that's crazy dying lady talk. And then Teddy says, we can find a way to lure someday a path to the new world. And maybe it's just the beginning after all, the beginning of a brand new chapter. Lights, applause, it's the gala, hooray. Yeah. Ford's like, hey, fuck you. The, 
my hosts know what's going on. You don't even realize that you're too busy clapping. Oh, yeah, that's the biggest fuck you there. They don't realize the they don't realize the impact. They don't of the listen dialogue. to a fucking word she just said. Mm. So, Ford says uh, thank you to the guests. He introduces Journey into Night. Oh, that's fucking morbid. Not to be confused with a long day's journey into night, which is also pretty fucking morbid. Um, he thanks the uh, Hale and Lee chat. She tells Lee that he can rewrite this later. She then reminds him that he has got somewhere else to be right now. I tune out because he is actually useless to me. Boosh. Westworld Control. They see video footage of Armistice fucking dudes up. They dispatch oh, bef- a team before to that, Before that, isn't it before that, Ford says, go get Teddy cleaned up and take Dolores to the old field lab. He does. I just went by it. Um, they see the video footage and they dispatch a team to uh, go fuck people up. Yeah, and that that Helmsworth brother or whatever his name is, he's he's got to go. He's doing another movie. We don't know what it is, but they couldn't get the other brother, so they got him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maeve, they make their way through the facility. Guards are looking for them. Love the aesthetic here. The red lights, the music, uh, the other hosts going through their programming as the men look around. Armistice blending in with the other hosts. Um, and then these guys come in with their uh, FNP90s, I think they are. And uh, it doesn't take Hector or Armistice long to get their hands on these submachine guns because they ambush these guys and uh, they're pleased with the results of these firearms, which I thought was funny because they're I used love to Armistice's reaction. Fucking old West, old timey guns. <laughs> Sorry, I love it. I love when she first shoots the gun, she's just like, oh. And like the second time she laughs, I like it. Cool. It's cute. We it gives the, her personality. We get a quick look in on the Galatetti demonstrating his firearm skill. Uh, people walk around interacting with the hosts and drinking, and we come back to Maeve. They enter S-World. We see essentially feudal Japanese samurai goofing off. Looks like they're just... <laughs> goofing off? Yeah, they're just goofing just off. Just going through like these programs on how they're supposed to respond. Felix can't really explain it. He says it's complicated, which means that S-World, I doubt, is in full production yet. Maybe. I didn't even think about that. Maybe Westworld is the current. Or maybe he just doesn't think they would understand because they don't really have a frame of reference. Yeah, or maybe Westworld is currently the only one open and these other ones are just being worked on. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Hector and Armistice dispatch more guards. Lots of fucking shoot 'em ups. Um, she calls the guards. Cause are all pussies. Yep. She gets her arm caught after a few bad misses. Um, I know a lot of people were complaining about the guards and the way they were fighting these two, but... Um, they're probably not used to fighting anybody. Yeah, I didn't. I. I mean, I doubt. How, how much practice do they get in full scale assaults? None. So but, let's at least throw that out. But there. I will say this: when she gets her arm cut, caught, the guy's on one side of the glass. He shoots. He's going to hit the glass, obviously. But the other guy on the other side of the glass, like, opens fire and misses from a very short distance. I thought that was kind of silly. But um, Armistice gets her arm caught, um, and then um, terrible weapon. By the way, by the way, uh, FNP nineties. I'm just going to throw it out there. Short little hellacious nine millimeter fucking submachine gun. It's probably a terrible weapon for park security. It's just like a spray and pray. You might, you might be better off with like something a little more controllable and you're putting fucking bullets all over the place. But uh, Hector murders a desk attendant. Hope that guy has life insurance. And then Hector can't board the elevator with Maeve. She does give him a kiss though. And she says, what Jessica kick up a row. Will you? Yeah. And he says, see you in another life, brother. Oh wait, just kidding. That's a different show. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he says, see you in the next lab. See you in the next lab, brother. Um, so let's get to this Ford stuff, because this is the big part, the big part in Passel, the patent Passel here we want to get to. Um, him talking to Dolores and all of this stuff. She's being fixed up because she's going to go back to the gala. She's going to do. She sure does. Um, so we go to, uh, he fixes Dolores' lip. 
You've always had a fondness for painting, haven't you? Arnold gave you that. They talk about Michelangelo's creation, Arnold's favorite. Ford wonders if the painting is more of a metaphor. He also notes how Dolores' cleverness hasn't really helped her much, has it? <laughs> Bernard arrives. They talk about Arnold's death. I didn't kill him, did I, Dolores? And then Ford tells us a tale. Uh, again, more exposition here. He tells us a tale. Yes, he does. He's going to talky-talk his way through a finale. So, um, Arnold's son dies. Uh, what he lost, he rekindled anew. He created a test, an idea from one of his son's toys. Arnold made the reveries update. He insisted the park couldn't be opened. We argued, so he altered you. He combined you with a new character. Thus, Wyatt is born. We see Teddy and Dolores in the rampage. Arnold found a new child, one who would never die, although she would never escape. Ooh. Arnold hopes there is solace in her lack of choice. Arnold pops on his son's song, the one he uh, wanted if he needed to sleep. Arnold wants to see him again. He tells Dolores, good luck. And he says, these violent delights have violent ends. She pops Arnold in the head. She pops Teddy. She pops herself. And, and Ford then, opened the park. And then Ford goes, ah, it's fine. It's My fine. partner's dead and it's robots fine. are killing each other. But Quit being so fucking pedestrian and open this shit. I have to prove my dad wrong because he was Listen, mean to me when I was a child. cotton candy. It'll be fine. Half off the cotton candy. We're going to get through this, guys. So Ford notes how it almost worked. She didn't pull the trigger. It was Arnold pulling the trigger through her. So this is his so little... So she wasn't conscious is mm. what he's saying. That's what he's and saying. And he's right because clearly... Bernard made her do it because he's like, hey, you have to do this. This is the only way. Sorry. Well, he says he speaks the fucking trigger. Yeah, he does. Um, and Ford's like, well, maybe they aren't sentient. Maybe they don't. Maybe they can't make choice just yet. So we're going to go ahead and grand opening. Bring a buddy. Half off your second ticket. Um, 60000 for two. So Damn. Dolores remarks, you'll never let us leave. Any man whose mistakes make 10 years, take 10 years to correct is quite a man. Mine have taken 35. Ford notes the gun she used, the divine gift, does not come from a higher power, but from our own minds. He notes as he's talking about the hidden message in uh, Michelangelo's creation. Um, I didn't look up the veracity of that claim. That's very interesting, though. I'm sure it's true. In art history. Yeah, I didn't need this. This is like, I feel like, explanation for like, just in case you weren't smart enough to figure or it out. Or aren't we so clever? We linked it back to this shit. But Ford asks her if she understands who she has to become if she ever expects to leave this place. He says, divine gifts do not come from a higher power, but from our own minds. Tell me, Dolores, did you find what you were looking for? And do you understand what you need to become if you want to leave this place? And then he says, forgive me. Hmm. We uh, shoot back over to May. Felix offers her the location information. Her daughter, it's in Park One. She was never my daughter any more than I was, whoever they made me. She loads up her little SR9 knockoff. In Park One, by the way. Yeah. That's where I just want to point yeah, that out. Yeah, good point. Park One. Felix asks... Which means there's at least Park Two. Right. Felix asks if she will be okay. You really do make a terrible human being, Which and I mean that sweet. as a compliment. That's very sweet. Maeve makes her way onto the train. The train will be departing in 15 minutes, we hear. Sweet, sweet freedom. Yeah. We're going to come back to that. She sits uh, gingerly on that seat and just chills. Uh, back to Ford and Arnold. You think you'll never lose control of this place, of us. You will. Ford and Bernard. Ford and Bernard, excuse me. Uh, Bernard is still trying to change us. Uh, so, so Bernard says Arnold is still trying to change us, to free us. He says that Arnold put the reveries in recently, not yes. Ford. Yes. Ford's like, oh, no, 
no, no, no. Au contraire, monsieur. You're incorrect Au and you contraire. don't even get it. You're so smart, but you don't get it. And uh, you need time to understand your enemy, to become stronger than them, to escape this place. You will need to suffer more. And now it is time to say goodbye, old friend, and good luck. He, he makes it clear that Arnold tried, but failed. Yes. Arnold didn't know how to save you. I do. Mm-hmm. He's also implying they weren't ready to be saved. Which is similar to what, kind of like what Maeve says to... Hector, it's similar to what Angela says to Teddy, mm-hmm. where she says, oh, in the next life, you'll understand, and she kills him. Um, yeah. So, yes, that there are many a death it will take before they figure their shit out. Sure, I gotcha. So, um, Dolores goes into her room where she sat with Arnold all those years ago. His voice becomes her voice. Do you know where you are, Dolores? But in the middle, do you, it, it says... You know whose voice you've been hearing all this time. Mm-hmm. But it starts from Arnold and it turns into Ford and then finally Dolores. Right. So this is to give us our timeline. Yeah. That Arnold started it. That Ford, who originally was against Arnold, realized Arnold was right and he continued on this fucking path. Yep. Which was that they wanted the host to hear their own voice, to Boom. become self-aware. Yep. I like it. So she says she was in a dream. I only know I slept a long time. Dolores manages to hear her own voice. It was you talking to me, guided me. So I followed you. At least I arrived here in the center of the maze. And now I finally understand what you're trying to tell me to confront after this long and vivid nightmare myself and who I must become. Dolores is one. So this is where we're supposed to go. Okay. Dolores has now reached the center of the maze in a sense. Right. And she's making a choice to grab that pistol. She's listening to her own inner monologue, as it were. Hence the fucking episode's called The Bicameral Mind. And, um, we cut back to the gala. All the players are there. Ford takes stage. Uh, we cue up some Radiohead, and he gives a bit of a speech here, doesn't he? His final speech. Should I? Should I touch upon it? Sure. Might as well, right? It's the last episode of the I season. I mean, well, don't we have to? We'll I guess. I mean, I don't have to read it fucking word for word, but I guess I might have to. Anyway, he says, since I was a child, I always loved a good story. I believe that stories helped us to ennoble ourselves, to fix what was broken in us, and to help us be the people we dreamed of being. Lies that told a deeper truth. I always thought that I could play some small part in that grand tradition, and for my pains, I got this. A prison of our own sins because you don't want to change or cannot change because you're only human after all. But then I realized someone was paying attention, someone who could change. So I began to compose a new story for them. It begins with the birth of a new people and the choices they will have to make and the people they will decide to become. And it will have all those things you have always enjoyed, surprises and violence. It begins, begins in the time of war with a villain named Wyatt and the killings is done by choice. And the killing is done by choice. I'm sad to say this will be my final story. An old friend once told me something that gave me great comfort, something he'd read. He said that Mozart, Be- something he'd read. He said that Mozart, Beethoven, and Chopin never die. They simply became music. So I hope you'll enjoy this last piece very much. Kaplow! Shot through the back of the neck, through his wine glass. I liked that. Glass breaks, very dramatic, very great cinematic. Imagery. Dolores goes bonkers and just starts icing fools. Scream, scream, scream. We see in this very interesting moment, we see the man in black get hit with gunfire and his face is is, is shocked at the pain, but almost excited at the prospect that he's got what he's always wanted. The hosts can fucking fight back. 
The stakes are real. I think that that's kind of interesting that he's like, yes, I got shot. This is amazing. Um, this is important because we, during the speech, we see a lot of things. We see the shit with Maeve on the train, how she leaves. We see Sizemore going to cold storage to yep. do a shit with Abernathy and then realizing that there's no one in fucking cold storage. Yes. At the same time, we realize that people from cold storage are coming out of the woods and they are shooting at the man in black. Right. And he's being injured. And like you said, his reaction is, is great. This is what he's always wanted. You know, other than when he was just a sweet guy who loved Dolores. Once yep. he went crazy, this is what he always wanted. Now right. he's getting it. So a lot of people are sort of reaching that which they set out to reach in the beginning of this in a weird way, aren't they? The man in black sort of seemed like he was going to have a letdown, but ultimately he gets, in a sense, what he wanted, a, a host that can fight back. And Ford told him that was going to happen. He, he said did. he'd be very pleased with his new narrative. Yeah, Ford was probably wondering if the man in black would make it out alive, but I don't know. Ford sort of, uh, Ford, Ford ended up concluding the way he should have concluded, correct? I mean, they were taking everything away from him. There's no way he was going to go about a, an existence where he's just chilling out by a, like a fucking babbling stream. No, this is full circle. Full circle. He didn't believe Arnold and he didn't trust Arnold when Arnold tried to tell him that this was a possibility. Right. And he went out the same way Arnold did, technically, although Arnold, I would say, is more of a suicide, where I feel like in this case, he didn't specifically say, okay, Dolores, here's the gun, kill me. I think he gave Dolores the gun and was like, you know what you have to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think Arnold, a few things. He, he was devastated by his kid. He was also devastated by the fact that he, as I said earlier, uncorked the fucking genie and let it out. And now he's like, how can I ever, how can this, how can I ever fix this? I can't, I can't allow this park to be open. I can't allow these things to experience that, which they will. Ford had so, so much time to figure this shit out where Arnold just jumped. Right. And that's what's so cool about it. We almost see Ford going through this, even though he set this plan in motion, we did see at times where he was, you know, he, he slashed the host's face. He had him be naked, but it was all in this thing where he wants these he, he, it's almost explained in that you have to know how to fight these people. You have to understand what they are, how they think right. of you, what your enemy will be like. And he's really drilling that home. It's like the harsh taskmaster thing, the the Al Swearingen, which you won't get, but in Deadwood, you know, he's the way he treats Trixie. He wants her to be tough. He wants her to be ready for the fucking horrors of the world. Uh, and then he's like, well, I'm done. I'm done here. You can take me out and blast me. And um, we see Dolores making up her own mind, right? And we, we're supposed to believe that he thought that that was going to be something that she decided to do and not a direct order given by him. Correct. I mean, she she gets there by way of a bunch of different val variables in her fucking brain. But, and, right, I think we're supposed to be just led to believe that the difference is like he gave her the gun and the power to be able to kill people. Right. He did not say, go kill these people. Sure. She was not programmed being told, you should kill these people. You should kill me. Mm -hmm. He just changed her programming so that she was able to kill is what we're supposed to be led to believe. I hear you. All right. You know, and it's just like she says at the end, you know, to Teddy where she says, you know, I didn't write it down, but she's like, I get it now. I know what I need to do. Right. She does say that pretty explicitly. Or whatever it is. <clears throat> Maeve getting off the train. Right. Yeah, which I already talked about a lot, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And I made all these notes to talk about it because earlier, um, I know Junkfest was talking about the programming and that it was her personality and that's why. Mm -hmm. um, no, I think I think Maeve is the most obvious case of somebody who we thought was self-actualized and then we were led to believe she wasn't by being told she had a certain track to go on and watching her go on that track and realizing she'd been programmed. But this getting off the train 
to go back and find this daughter that she feels this emotional thing about this memory she's not even supposed to have because mm-hmm. it's supposed to be wiped um i think is i think she of all of them is the most where i can believe that she made the decision on her own far more so than dolores yeah gotcha um <clears throat> so do you think that do you do you think that um this final assault because remember he does call it the new narrative so we we kind of have to give that some credence don't we what the assaults yeah he calls oh, it his new narrative yeah, like it, it had to have been planned in a sense yeah, of course the cold storage robots specifically oh, oh of course no, no, and I'm not saying it wasn't planned at all. His plan was he, he expected the board to die. But I don't think his narrative was he was like, okay, Dolores, I'm going to give you a gun and you're going to fucking... I, I feel like with Dolores, it was more of her coming into herself and figuring out how she can get out. And the way she can get out is to kill all these people mm-hmm. who have... Whereas I feel like the rest of it, the host command of cold storage is more his narrative. Yeah, I, think I feel so like Dolores too. was more so of too. a case study. <laughs> so. Whereas everybody else is just like, hey, I also got to kill all these fuckers. Yeah, if Dolores made a decision to sit there and just stare at that pistol, everyone's still dying and still in Ford is too. Exactly. It's still going to, they're all dead no matter what happens um, because those fucking he those cold give, storage bots are simply drones with guns. Right. He wanted to give Dolores her own choice to do what she wanted to do to give her the tools she needed so she understood what she needed to mm-hmm. do and she understood what humans were whereas everybody everybody was going to die anyway because everything else was programmed in that manner i like it <clears throat> so yeah he, there he goes he he uh he becomes like uh everybody else he talked about already everybody gets killed dolores does a bunch of murder and uh it's over it's dolores done. does a bunch of murder yeah she it's does done bitch it's oh god over. so many people murdered in this so much murder and, and yes everyone ford was a douche he murdered people and he wasn't a nice guy and you know what dolores just murdered people too and so did armistice and mave and legit everyone in the show murdered people if murder is going to be the bar we set for whether or not someone's a good person, then no one's good in this world. There you go. And that's what I have to say about that. There you go. They're all fucking crazy people. So it is done. It's over. It's, the series has ended. Um, I know we kind of dotted some of the listener comments throughout. We definitely went into the chat for a couple of listener comments. I know I talked a little bit about Carlos Freitas at the top of this Yeah, I know episode. I had his comment up. I also had... Did um, I ruin it for you? No, no, no. I have a... I mean, he wrote a shitload. I but. have a bunch of different stuff. Um, I had Carlos... Oh, God, what happened? All my stuff got messed up. Um, I had pulled up Carlos Freitas' comment. I had put, Mike Hilger had asked a question about if Logan was dead. He was one of those people... Um, Andrea Ramos asked about Ramos. them dying in that beautiful scene by the ocean and like how convenient it was. Oh, okay. There um, so you I go. just want to point out that those are people who specifically asked about that. Um, and obviously we talked about it all, so I don't need to read their comments again, but they all said stuff and I wanted to acknowledge them as people. Awesome. Friends of this show. Do you have any, are there any other specifics we need to get to? Specifics? Yeah. Do we have any comments we want to read? Oh, I do want to read one. so fucking many. Okay. Yeah. I, I want to read one. All right. Go for it. Um, this is a post on the page. Um, Glenn McDorman posted and said, does this story work if it's told linear, linearly? It's always a good question. Would we have been interested if we'd seen Dolores's massacre in the first episode, then four episodes of William and Logan and Dolores, then five episodes of Ford, Bernard, Maeve, and the Delos team, all the while aware of Ford's change of heart following the massacre and fully cognizant of his plan to help the host achieve consciousness? I don't think so, which suggests that for all its high-quality production, Westworld depended entirely on narrative gimmicks to hook us into questions with answers that largely turned out to have little thematic significance. What do you think about that? Does it? 
I have not really sat and asked myself the answer. I feel like if the story was told in a linear fashion, we would still watch it and enjoy it, and it would still be better than The Walking Dead, which I know is a low bar. But I still think it would be a good, high-quality show with an interesting story. I just think we'd be we'd be being told a different story. Because mm-hmm. then the story we'd be being told is how Ford thought one thing and his mind was changed and how he's doing the secret thing to help the hosts, which is totally different than the story we were told. Right. It would just tell a completely different story. I don't think it would be bad necessarily. I think it would still work. It's just a different story we'd be being told and we may have focused a little bit more on character development and some of the stuff they were a little fast and loose with, that was okay because we had these twists too, may not have worked out as well. Yeah, it's a it's a very good it's a very first of all, Glenn, great post. I think it's a really I think it's a really strong strong question to ask. Um, I I if it if they tell it linear in a linear fashion, does that change anything? Like you said, I don't know, man. I guess I guess it does because so much of it is this reveal, the man in black and reveals in this. But part of the thing, and this is what I said at the top of the show, part of the problem with Westworld is the idea that they the 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 fucking the. the everybody in the goddamn in the goddamn every character has their own maze and the meta is the fucking audience is all trying to navigate this maze too that's part of the problem with westworld is so much of your time is spent trying to figure shit out or it's the draw for people no i get that it is i did no i i get that too and that's what i'm saying it's hard for me to watch a show and for it to be like a fucking math equation and then go oh i figured out yay i win westworld like i'm trying to enjoy the narrative approach that's my point here i don't and if it, it was told in a linear fashion you could i feel like more i feel yeah. like you could focus on the characters more focused on the story i feel like it would have been easier to podcast about it would have been easy to podcast about it was <laughs> definitely least, hard I'll to g- podcast i'll give about. that it is hard to podcast about <laughs> this sure. is linear i told of next season starts too with a ridiculous like fucking mystery of like it only took us like seven episodes can't. to figure out how to do this but um i think i think that I don't mind because of the nature of rolling back their memory. I feel like the sequential stuff too kind of had to happen. If you're going to roll back memory, do you see what I'm saying? We don't, we, right. we don't get the perspective of the hosts. If we don't play memory fuckery, that's very true. If you want to know how the host feels and you want the POV of the host and not the humans, then you need to have these gaps in their memory where they start to realize and figure shit out. Otherwise, you're not really watching. You, you don't care about the memory gaps. You're 100% correct because we were told this story from the perspective of the host so that we could sympathize with them. And if we told the story in a linear fashion, I feel like we'd be watching the perspective of Ford and the man in black. And those would be the two perspective we've, perspectives we had seen. And I certainly feel like I wouldn't have made the complaints that I had made about William's story right. that I made here if we did it that way. Sure. But then I would have been complaining about the host and why I was supposed to give a shit when I killed everybody. I'd be right. like, what the fuck? They're killing my friends. I love right. Hale. Right. Ooh. right, right, right. In case something I never said. Don't waste that ass. Um, Put her in that pantsuit again, please. Yeah. Pull those pants way higher. Get them up there. I'm right under the tits. Um, all right. That's good stuff, Glenn. I really appreciate that. Uh, so uh, anything else you want to talk about there? I mean, that's my comment that I had to make. I'm going to do John Marginson, um, who admits that he didn't pay close attention to the series. Uh, I, I get any sort of, he says, I get any sort of subsequent cover-up later on since William was poised to throw tons of money behind the park prior to that. How was he allowed to do what he did to Logan? You know, drag his ass all over the park. From the get-go, we're told you can't kill anyone you're not supposed to. Is that the only rule, like Batman? Other people's bullshit seems like something you'd be paying not to deal with. I think that after 
after mile one or maybe two to appease Jessica <laughs> of seeing Logan drag around security when intervene. Do I just chalk this up to classic Nolan um, or, or pick a brother oversight? And that's something, I mean, we talked a lot about this and um, in the, people did respond to it, which is what I wanted to get to, which is Daniel Fauci the edge of the park is supposed to be the wildest outlaw zone where anything goes. That is where they were. Um, and of course the retort is, but they still must monitor that. You know, if, if, if you're fucking running a theme park, to I don't know. I've read a lot of theme park horror stories. <laughs> Just kidding. But, but, um, uh, uh, Keith responded and said the only issue is that Logan Williams story is 30 years ago. Some of the policies might not be as up to date as the hosts aren't as good at enforcing them as they were in present day. That's actually a pretty good point. So there's a couple of different thoughts on that. But um, anybody else you'd like to read? No, because we touched upon everything else I was planning yeah, on reading. So I have to do a real lot of looking. And um, there's just th- there's so much shit going on on the Facebook page that you just should go on there and look at it uh, like, mark mark poses a question let me get to this mark stepanik says sorry i must have missed something else in the finale did they ever show jam packed full of data abernathy getting out or was he in the horde that ended up in the delos employees we don't know we don't know yeah that's going to be a mystery that's they hold over next season but that's a great actor so he's going to be somewhere he's so fucking good that guy love him what was he on that i always think about when i think of him but i can't think about it right now i don't know Gosh, sorry it'll come to me couldn't help you there and um, I guess that is all we have for Westworld. Do you have any final thoughts you want to get to, or have we sort of slam bammed them in there? Um, lady? No, I I feel like I said a lot of how I felt about this about the show as a whole and about the season. I think that Westworld season one as a standalone television show would be great, and I feel like a show like this you could almost kind of do in the way like as an anthology if you wanted to do multiple seasons i know eventually we'd start telling the same stories over and over again i get that but 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 i really do feel there's something to be said that i feel like for the most part minus an elsie or Stubbs or an abernathy sure we really had a pretty self-contained season that could have ended where it ended and people would still have stuff to talk about but i don't think people would be like holy shit this is like the sopranos i can't move on with my life right um where does it go from here is the question. And that's my question is where does it go from here that, that is going to make me feel like they're still capturing the same thing. And again, like I said, I, I, I said, I guess I said all my final thoughts at the beginning, yeah, which is yeah. my problem I did, this, here. I did the same thing. I did the same thing. <laughs> because I already said all my final thoughts and I don't know if I have any more other than the ones that I said. Here's what I do. Here's, here's kind of what I was thinking about this. Um, I think y- if you are a TV viewer, if you're a fan of science fiction, then you're better off with Westworld in your rotation. It's not perfect. That's fine. But it's right. fucking entertaining television, and I think it's very thought-provoking. It produces, it puts writers in business. All these articles come out. Fucking Reddit goes bonkers. People watch it. People get frustrated. They argue about it. It's thought-compelling. And that's what I like about the show. I think that's something that's good about it. If nobody's talking about your show, that means nobody gives a fuck about your show. Right. And uh, people care enough to talk about it. I think there's a lot going on here. I think there is a lot of positives to be taking away from Westworld. And I think with the introduction of a potential feudal Japan setting, some kind of shogun or samurai you world. I love that, I feel like. Yeah. Like, they, you'd be really into that. They could do any, they, they could do all kinds of different things. But what they're not going to be able to do in future seasons is, a, is attack these big 
mind-toppling existential questions because they already kind of did. So they can finish it up. But they can finish it up, introduce that. some more conflicts, see how things go, maybe expand the world a little. I don't know, but here's what I do know: I want more. I'm I'm ready for fucking more. I didn't watch the end of this and go, "I oh, fuck this show." Yeah, I dude, it's TV. I can't I can't get that that upset about it. But um. Although I'm a liar because I make fun of Walking Dead a lot, but um, <laughs> but yeah, man, I I definitely enjoyed it. I I'm, I think it's a lot of fun, and uh, I had a blast watching this shit. And uh, Jessica, you crushed it tonight. You did a great job. Oh, and stop um, your two guys. Oh my god, stop it, seriously. Uh-huh. All right, I guess we're gonna get out of here. Um, why don't we bid these good people adieu? Do that for me, Jessica. Adieu, good people. We'll see you in 2018. Um. It's going to be really far away, and I hope you all still remember that Westworld exists at that point. There you go. Good day. Mm-hmm.